We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Winchester the pick. The hold by Townsend. The kick is away and good! 27 yard field goal to take the lead with eight seconds remaining in Super Bowl 57. 38 35. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl for the second time during the Patrick Mahomes era, 38 35, and a thriller in Super Bowl 57. Tonight, the NFL season is back. Chiefs and Lions from Arrowhead, Tommy. Uh, The show today, uh, as it is now every day, is presented by Window Nation. Call Window Nation at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com. Mention my name. You get a free estimate. You've got nothing to lose. If you've been thinking about new windows... Call Window Nation now at 866-90-NATION or go, go, or go to windownation.com. You're not feeling great, are you? You're still not feeling well. In fact, you sound worse when I was talking to you before we started the show today than you did the other day. You okay? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm actually uh, getting better, but, you know, it's three days of coughing. It, it, it takes its toll on your throat, mm-hmm. but I'm coughing less than I was, uh, let's say, on Monday. How are you, you going to deal I've with got, your class tonight? You've got to teach a class tonight at Georgetown. Well, I teach a class, I teach a class with somebody else, and you know the Levero <laughs> style of teaching. Yeah. Right? Let somebody else okay. do it. Let somebody, yes. let somebody else handle all the nuts and bolts. Yes. Yes, that's pretty much my rule for everything. So... I'll have to say a few words here and there, but otherwise, I think hand gestures will do. <laughs> hand gestures. By the way, what time? Yes. Do, what time does that class start? Five twenty. Okay, because I do remember. I remember when I made um, my guest appearance in your class via Zoom because it was during the pandemic, right? I'm pretty sure it was, or maybe, yes. uh, yeah. Uh, and there were a couple of guys back there. You had me on cause we were, we were doing, or you guys were doing something on sports gambling. And yeah. if I recall, it was, 
either during a night of the NCAA tournament or maybe there were just a lot of college basketball games. But I noticed that two of the guys in the back of your class were pretty much, you know, on their laptops, talking back and forth, uh, and not so much paying attention to what I was saying, to which I, I think I called them out for, all right, who are you betting on? And they both smiled. One of them definitely was getting a wager in before the game tipped. I think that's what happened, yes. something to that effect. Yeah, we had a couple hustlers in that class. Absolutely. <laughs> Takes one to know one, I guess. Uh, I guess so. All right, so you'll be all right. You know, by the way, what? I might as well, I might as well do it right now. Uh, we'd love to ask you to come back for a Zoom session this year if you're up for it. Mm, I'll see. Uh, I'm not. I'm not so sure. I'm not. I'm not as easy as I used to be. I'm kidding. Of course. Of course, I'll do it. Of course. Can you okay. imagine me asking you to do something? You would. You would certainly think about it and get back to me. Um, did you see last night this uh, Mitch Rails, Josh Harris, David Rubenstein economic club interview? Did you see any of the uh, the tweets that came out of uh, the gathering of like seven hundred down? I think it was at somewhere down near the convention center. Did you see any of uh, of what came out of that? Well, it was the Economic Club and uh, David Rubenstein, a high roller himself, yes. hosts these things at the Economic Club. And they had to move it out of the hotel ballroom where they usually do it into the convention center because there was such demand uh, to be there. I think there were 1,300 people there. It says uh, in Nikki's column um, in the post, it says 700 um, were there. Okay. But so you knew about this. I did not know about this. Um, I didn't know about it, that it was happening, but I have since learned about it and read about it. Okay. So first of all, I don't know if we've talked about David Rubenstein before. He's an excellent interviewer. Excellent. Have you watched some of his interviews with various you know, um, people of note, whether it's in politics or entertainment or sports. Have you seen him and his interviewing style? Yes, I, yes, I have. He's a very, he's a very, uh, you know, he puts people at ease, but he's very smart and doesn't waste time with stupid questions. He's good. Yeah, he's excellent. So um, what came out of that last night with Josh Harris and Mitchell Rails, uh, who were down there, um, there were a couple of, I guess, headlines. Uh, the headline of note dealt with the name. Sorry uh, for those of you, uh, for the few of you that don't want us to talk about it. We're going to do it briefly here. Um, but Mitchell Rails was, and Josh Harris were asked about the team's previous name, the Redskins. And Mitchell Rails took the lead on the answer. And he said, quote, this, he said, quote, excuse me, that ship has sailed. We're not going to relitigate the past or about the future. We're about building the future and not having a divisive culture that we're engaged in. We're going to look at everything come the end of the year and think about a lot of different things and do a lot of testing and see what people think and we'll learn. The beauty is we have time to look at it, to look at all this stuff intelligently and make fan-based decisions closed quote. So um, 
you know, we were not doing the show last week. I did the show, and I, I you know, weighed in on Jason Wright um, and his comments on J.P. Finley and Brian Mitchell's radio show that they the old name would not be considered, period. Um, and Mitchell Rails, uh, you know, essentially and emphatically uh, killed it last night from ownership. Um, it's This is something we've been talking about for a while, and I've used the same expression, that that ship has sailed. Um, they're not going back to Redskins people. That's over. But what Mitchell Rails made very clear and what Jason Wright, I think, made pretty clear in his interview last week on 106.7 The Fan is that they are going to consider a rebrand. That's something they are going to do. Um, and they have time to do that, as Mitchell Rails spelled out. Now, you know, making fan-based decisions, I would, I would guess they are certainly going to incorporate fan uh, feeling on this, as they should. Uh, but um, last night, for any of you stragglers that were still holding on to the possibility of the old name, that is over. They're just not going to do that, and I understand why, and I've explained many times why, and I don't need to go into it uh, again, but um, I do think what we learned from Mitchell Rails last night, Tommy, and from Jason Wright last week is that they do understand they've got an issue with the current name and the current branding, and they are going to address that and see if it's feasible to do something about it. Yes. All, all intelligent decisions that I can see uh, that they've made here about the name, not going back, but not, but still not standing, you know, still with, with what something that still is a festering wound for, for some commander's fan, for a some lot, Washington a lot, fan. A lot of fans, yeah. In this case, yes. Yeah. So I think that's smart. You know, as far as going back, I'm going to venture to say that Edward Bennett Williams and Jack Kent Cook. And even Dan Snyder, if you put truth serum in, it, serum in them and they had a chance to have changed the name and get past this thing while they own the team and, you know, the damage is already done and now they've moved on to go back, none of them would have done that. None of them. It was always a thorn in their sides, every one of them. Snyder, he, he, maybe he didn't pay much attention to it. But if you said to all of them, okay, the name has been changed, we've moved on, you know, the, the, the Band-Aid has been pulled off, uh, but you have a chance to go back and rename it again. None of them are going to do that. I, I agree with you. Uh, it's just, yeah. it's been a headache for everybody yes. along the way. And, uh you know, at the same time, it would have been bad business for a long period of time to oh, ditch yeah. the name. But if it were ditched, as it was ditched in 2020 for a lot of reasons, you're 100% right. Um, it would have been really difficult to go back. Look, I, I talked about this yesterday because I had a friend of mine mention to me something that I had not used in my reasoning for the ship has sailed on this thing. And the reason is, is that... You know, we are living in a world that's constantly changing and is becoming much more, you know, more sensitive than less sensitive to a lot of different issues. And so if for whatever reason you were able to make the case 
in the spring of 2024 that it made sense and you got enough people on board to go back to the old name, you're just putting at risk another change down the road as the world becomes, yes. you know, a different world and a more sensitive world. So um, yeah. I had um, uh, on the show uh, back in July, I had Len Shapiro on the show. It was when the sale went down and was finalized. And I had the longtime, you know, Washington Post columnist and reporter Len Shapiro on the show. And remember, I told you this, this was before you took off for your month and a half long trip to Spain, that Shapiro told me something that I never knew before. And I think you told me you had never heard before either. Len Shapiro said that Jack Kent Cook you know, in his last days, you know, uh, in his last year or last months of being on this earth, considered changing the name. I'd never heard that. Never heard that. I had never heard that either. But um, anyway. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, Cook, Cook was a learned man, had his own way of doing things, and would not do it to kowtow to pressure, but would do it if deep down he felt uh, the need for the change. Right. So, and I think he would have been capable of that, uh, given my limited experience with, with, with the Squire. Uh, so I could see that definitely have happening. But have talked about it and then done it would be two different things. Um, I... Uh... I also wanted to read this quote about the stadium. Rubenstein pressed owners on the location of the team's next stadium. And Josh Harris said, quote, We're looking. We're very excited to be welcomed by all three jurisdictions, and we're looking forward to engaging in the process. We have the beginnings of a real estate team to help us with all of this. Uh, we're very serious. We're going to engage quickly because we appreciate that the sooner we get this started, the sooner we're going to be in a new home, closed quote. Um, no, uh, for those of you that, that tweeted me, we didn't learn anything about D.C. And I would also say, no, there's just not a guarantee that it's going to end up in D.C., even with you know, the recent news from three or four weeks ago that, you know, the city will end up taking over um, the, you know, an amended lease that will allow for a new stadium and development around that. But they're going to they're going to let these three jurisdictions give them their best shot, um, which is exactly what they should do. Now, with that said, I do believe that you know, certainly Harris and Rails and Mark Ein, all of whom are from here, understand that RFK would be the best move. But I, I, you know, you've got a better sense as to what's going on with all of this than I do. But even though I would favor RFK, it's far from a done deal. Where are you on this? Are you still on Landover? Uh, well, I still am, although I would say that RFK because of the developments over the past year and the change of ownership, RFK has a much better chance than it did a year ago. Uh, you know, I think, uh, I think in order, for one thing, in order to even consider RFK, you have to acquire the rights to the land 
and acquire the rights to be able to build a stadium. Right. If you want to. Right. Which so that's what the legislation is. Exactly. That's currently going through Congress is to negotiate a new lease with the Department of the Interior that would allow for development and a new and a new football stadium there. So you, they can't even broach the idea of paying for it or the neighborhood issues until they have the actual right to even put a stadium there. And right now they could they can want it all they want, but they can't do it. Right. So that so that's a step that I think is going to happen. I think that's going to wind up since there's bipartisan legislation. It was introduced by James Comer, right. the Republican chairman of the Oversight Committee. So I think that will happen at some point. I think they'll get that through, and then they'll have a new lease that will give them the ability, if they can figure out a way, to put a stadium on the RFK site. So I think it's closer than it's been. But again, you know, FedEx Field is the path of lease resistance. Building a stadium on the side of next to FedEx Field, but closer to the Morgan State Station Metro stop, making that more attractive. Last night, uh, Josh Harrison Mitchell Rails out there engaging with the community, which was one of the kind of the three priorities, right? Giving Ron and Marty and Martin everything they could give them to give them the best chance of winning, uh, updating and investing in the current stadium because they're going to be there for a while. Um, and then lastly, they've talked all about re-engaging with the community, and that's something that they did last night. And I know that they've got future dates this month planned um, with various groups uh, around town uh, to get out there and say hello and answer questions and you know build the customer base back, which um, would, you know, uh, it would certainly help if they beat the Cardinals on Sunday to keep oh, yes. the current momentum uh, going down the yes. tracks. Um, you, you are absolutely right about that. Sunday is shaping up to be oh, a boy. glorious day for this franchise that will be a nightmare if somehow they find a way to lose to the most hapless team in the league right now. Well, what what level of nightmare? Because you and I have not talked about this. I've talked a lot about it. Tell me what level of nightmare you believe it would be if, by the way, they lost an NFL game to an NFL team, which is possible, people. It does happen all the time. Um, so what level of nightmare would it be? Okay. Uh, Mr. Negative. You know, given the fact that, you know... It's not measurable to the nightmares that have hounded this franchise under the Dan Snyder era. Right. But if you're one of the owners and you've been basking in the glow of people saying, wow, this is great, you're not Dan Snyder, we love you, and the first week you're having to answer football questions as the owner, which is what will happen then, because mm-hmm. then, I mean, then the questions will be, what the hell are you going to do about this coach, new owner? They don't want to do that. I mean, they, they've got no answers for that at this point. So, yeah, so that, that's, that's a small nightmare. And it's a bit derailing of the momentum. Okay, nothing that can't be recovered from. But, uh, I mean, like I think like the next week, where, where are they 
they, they play next week. They play at in Philly at Denver. At Denver, that's a if, if they don't win that game, I think most reasonable people could understand that. You know, but I think most people are not going to expect them to lose that home opener with a stadium filled probably with Washington real Washington fans. Okay, so I think to think it's setting up with you know Magic Johnson on board, the new owners there. It would be a major disappointment to have all that fall on its face. Uh, yes, but I agree with you. It would certainly be you know a short-term punch to the gut um, for a lot of people, uh, including me and you and everybody else, because it would be nice for business purposes if they actually win that game, win it handily, and oh, by the way, Sam Howell throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns. That would be the perfect uh, result. But I think most people, I mean, I'm just going to put myself into this category, and I think a lot of people would agree with this, maybe not as many as I think. This is, you know, there's a long-term outlook now that – you can have, you're allowed to have about the team. You know, you couldn't have any sort of outlook, to, you know, on, on this team, especially a long-term outlook as long as Dan owned the team. But you can have that now. And these guys acquired the team so late in the game, they couldn't do anything about this first year. Right, So, yeah. So if they were to lose to the Cardinals – it certainly would be a short-term blow. By the way, they would feel it uh, as well because, you know, uh, last night, by the way, Josh Harris said the Buffalo game is nearly sold out. That's the next home game in week three. And so there would be, a, you know, there would be an exhale of, you got to be kidding me. Um, but I think everybody would understand, okay, well, look, next off season is when, you know, the real long-term plan begins. Uh, look, if they think, win the I game, think... it means nothing, just so everybody understands. That's it just right. means they get to avoid the short-term gut punch. Yes. But beating the yes. Cardinals doesn't mean a lot. I had Howard Baltzer on the radio show, you know, longtime NFL writer, um, NFL Hall of Fame voter. I actually asked him about Jacoby. Uh, you can go listen um, to that interview uh, on the Odyssey app uh, or at the team980.com. But um, I, I said, you know, the perception is the Cardinals are kind of throwing in the towel. And he gave me these numbers. He said, well, you know, and by the way, you were away for this. He goes, they have 11 rookies and 25 first or second year players. He said 28 of the players on the roster weren't here. And as you probably know, if you didn't know this from Spain, they released Colt McCoy. You know, yes, and I Howard know. agreed Colt McCoy gave them their best chance to win this game on Sunday. They're going to start Josh Dobbs, who just got here to, who just got to Arizona two weeks ago. Now, he's familiar with the system because the new OC for Jonathan Gannon was in Cleveland with Dobbs. But still, there is a perception that Arizona is not only the worst team in the league, but that they don't really care if they win games because at the end of this is perhaps their future starting franchise quarterback in Caleb Williams, even though Kyler Murray is still on the team. 
um, and is going to come back and play. And he made that very clear, Howard did to me this morning. Look, if they were really going to tank, they wouldn't bring uh, or have plans to play Kyler Murray when he comes off injured reserve. Um, but then again, if they're you know planning to get rid of Kyler Murray, teams probably need to see that he's healthy and playing before they trade for him. Um, so anyway, yeah, this would be a bad loss. But yeah, you know. the loss the loss would mean that the ownership has to answer football questions after week one. And they really don't want to have to do that. Well I hope but they have no answers. I hope they don't answer football questions. I mean, they're gonna be out in the community and they're gonna be asked these questions, but they yeah. were they were asked about Ron Rivera. Um Harris was asked about Ron Rivera and he said hold on, I had it here a second uh, ago. He said very nice things about Ron Rivera. He also said, don't expect me in the draft war room. I don't pick players. I hire people to pick players. He said about Rivera, um, Ron Rivera is, quote, the right person as a head coach. I've really enjoyed getting to know Coach Rivera. He is a good man. He's done a great job in terms of where the team is relative to where it was when he got here and relative to all the, distra- uh, the, the distractions excuse me, that were going on. He's got a very capable front office. What I've said is that we're, going, we're, we're just getting up to speed uh, and I want to hear you think we. I want to. He said, I want to hear um, how you think, how you learn, how you make decisions, etc. Um, and he said, I don't like putting tremendous pressure on someone. Everyone who coaches an NFL team or an NBA team, and us as owners, we all realize that ultimately we've got to deliver wins on the field. So you don't really need to say anything. It's just out there. Closed quote. So, I trust me, I don't believe that that means that Ron Rivera is coming back as head coach next year, but I believe that right. Josh Harris's first impression of Ron Rivera is what many people's first impression uh, pr- impressions are of Ron Rivera, and that is he's a good person, he's a good man. Um, other than that, we'll, we'll see. A, a great neighbor, as Jim Zorn once was. Yes. No, he's not in Jim yes. Zorn's category. That would be I know. very I know unfair. That. You didn't comment on Colt McCoy, your son. Well, you know what? I feel I feel I don't feel that bad for him because I think he would have been pummeled. I I think, you know, I think that Redskins defensive line would have just destroyed him and he'd be broken in two by the end of the first half. Okay then. So he saved himself a beating. Uh, if you want to bet on Sunday's game, bet through my bookie. Uh, Arizona right now uh, is a seven-point underdog to the Washington team. Uh, as I've mentioned before, lowest total in the league by far uh, in Week One, thirty-seven and a half at my bookie. As a better, you demand per- perfection, and my bookie. Uh, delivers. First of all, they've got the fairest point spreads, money lines, totals, etc. Um, you get paid if you win. The pricing is real. Uh, it's not inflated as many of the new places uh, now really charge you too much on a loss. Uh, but they've got NFL, college football, and a brand new cash out system giving you options to bet and win all season long. Uh, first two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and place another bet or let it ride for a chance at a bigger payday. Join the MyBookie family for an entire season filled with daily odds boosts, same game, par- same game parlays, and super contests. This season, MyBookie has a no-strings-attached 
cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quickly. Use my promo code after you after you go to mybookie.ag. Use my promo code KevinDC, and on a deposit of fifty dollars or more, you'll receive up to two hundred dollars in cash instantly into your MyBookie account. Bet your deposit amount one time. You're ready to withdraw at any time. Again, use my promo code KevinDC to claim that cash deposit bonus. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. As I mentioned, tonight's game right now at MyBookie, Kansas City minus five. The totals dropped to 52. Um, If Kelsey plays, and he's probably not going to play, that line will go back up. Uh, But as I mentioned on yesterday's show, Tommy, uh, Travis Kelsey just proved to betters that he is the biggest point spread mover that is not a quarterback in the league. The line dropped a point and a half to two points on the news that he likely would not play. That is very rare uh, when that happens. Uh, Tonight's game should be a good one. Um, I think the Lions are really good on offense. I still question whether or not they've improved enough on defense. They were dreadful on defense a year ago, but they won five out of their last six games, and they were sitting there at the end of the year as a high-scoring team, very close to making the playoffs, and if they had made it, they would have been a difficult out uh, in the NFC. Everybody likes Dan Campbell. The Lions are in their highest-profile spot, Tommy, in Week 1 in forever. By the way, I looked this up. They haven't won the division since it was the NFC Central in 1992. Uh, Most people that cover the Lions believe this is the best roster they've had since the 91 Lions, which was a team that made it to the NFC Championship game and faced the 91 Redskins one of the greatest yes. Super Bowl champions of all time. Washington won that game 41-10. to 10. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, by the way, 5-0 and uh, in openers as a starter. 18 touchdown passes, zero interceptions. Zero interceptions. That's stunning. Um, I like... This is why, this is why I, I, you know me, Mr. Old School, you know, hung on Johnny Unitas for years. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback I've ever seen. He plays position like nobody I've ever seen. Zero interceptions. Even if they're, you know, I mean, that, that means he, I mean, it's just the errorless factor there. It's just, it's just stunning. Considering how reckless he seems to play at times. You mentioned Unitas. Robert Nanapolis, you know, longtime caller to our show, to the station, called in because we did a segment at the end of, the, of today's show, your boldest prediction for the NFL season, your boldest NFL prediction. And he said um, the, the two Baltimore teams win championships in the same year for the first time since 1970, the Orioles and the Ravens. And I remember the Orioles beating the Reds. I remember Super Bowl V. It's the first Super Bowl I remember. And uh, he said something about that game, and I went back and looked it up. He said it was called the Blooper Bowl, um, and, he, yes. and he said the Colts had seven turnovers in the game and won the game. And I'm like, that's not true. And I looked it up, and he was right. 
the Baltimore yeah. Colts in Super Bowl V had seven turnovers and won 16 to 13. The Cowboys the had only, four turnovers. The only, touch, the only touchdown they had was a 75 yard touchdown pass from United to, to your, John Mack. To your favorite tight end of all time. Yes. John Mack. And I think that's the Super Bowl where, where the losing team, Chuck Howley, Exactly. A linebacker for the Cowboys was named MVP. 100% right. That's been a Super Bowl trivia contest uh, question um, yeah. uh, in previous years. Chuck Cowley was the only defensive player to ever, uh, only um, losing player to ever win the MVP. Yeah. Um, now, by the way, they wait until after the game to actually uh, vote on it. Uh, but in that game, the Colts had seven turnovers and won 16-13 on a Jim O'Brien field goal. Um, and the Cowboys had four, turno- four tur- turnovers. I-, I-, I said to Robert in Annapolis, and I know I've mentioned this to you before, when you go back and you look at box scores of pro football reference from games in the 70s, it was not unusual for a team to have seven or eight turnovers in a game. It was not unusual for a game to have 12, 13 t- turnovers in total. And, you know, there wasn't the emphasis for whatever reason back then on protecting the football. But Robert in Annapolis made a good point. He said there also weren't rules about hitting anybody in any you know way you wanted to hit them. Late, early, yes. you know, uh, forearms to the head, and you, you you had you had DBs take ripping receivers in half. Uh, going after yes. the ball, so that that was a big was factor more, too. It, it, it was more difficult to hold on to the ball then, <laughs> no doubt, than it is now. And you Even didn't with have players now targeting the ball. They didn't do that that much back then. And you they targeted the the, the player, right? Not the ball. They just figured if we hit this guy hard enough, he'll cough up the ball. And you now didn't have replay. You didn't have replay to overturn all of those interceptions yes. that hit the ground and all of those fumbles where a knee was down. Yes. You know, or the elbow was down before the ball came loose. It just basically any time the ball was in the air and caught by a defender, it was ruled an interception, and almost every fumble was a fumble. Um, anyway, uh, I like the Chiefs tonight 28-27 in what should be, I think, a high-scoring game uh, in – uh, do you have any? Are you going to watch the game? You'll watch it from Shelley's tonight. Yeah, I'll watch it. All right. Um, I like I like the Chiefs. I like them by a wider margin than you. Thirty-five, twenty-one. There you go. Uh, we got a lot of predictions coming up. This is our you know pre-NFL Week One prediction time of the year. We're going to make all of our AFC, NFC. Super Bowl picks, everything comes up next right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, before we get to our predictions for the NFL season, Tommy, tell us about Shelley's back room, 1331 F Street Northwest. Well, you know, what's interesting is, uh, I mean, I've told you this before, but it's worth repeating. The menus at Shelley's, both food and drink menus, are spectacular. And you can find them on their website at Shelley'sBackroom.com. And I don't know if I said this before, but when I was in Spain, uh, we were the guests of a neighbor who had us over for a big dinner and all that. And this was the day before we went to the bullfights. So he actually brought in a bullfighting expert to tell us what we could expect. And he had Cuban cigars. And uh, uh, for the first time, I'm drinking Johnny Walker Black. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm not a big whiskey drinker. Yeah. I drink beer. But that Johnny Walker Black was some pretty good stuff. Pretty expensive stuff, too. Yes, um, I know. Yes, I know. And and I, I drank it pretty, well, you know, not thinking about how expensive it was, because uh, it wasn't my money. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. So I thought to myself, I have to try it when I go to Shelly's again, uh, because Shelly's has a tremendous, tremendous selection of of drinks and whiskeys. They've got... Now, let me ask you a question, Mm -hmm. because you're a man of the world. You're more well-versed in these things than I am. Why is Johnny Walker Blue considered so much better? I don't know. I've told you this before. It's not an area of real expertise. It's probably older. It's probably smoother. I don't know... Um, I don't know what the answer to that is. The, the Macallan is the super, super expensive uh, whiskey. I'm pretty sure that's really expensive. Um, the other one that I um, – oh, shit. I'm blanking on the name of the, the bottle that somebody gave me uh, recently that I really liked. But I don't have an answer for you. I'm not, I'm, I'm not well, an Johnny expert Johnny Walker here. Blue is more than four times as expensive as Johnny Walker Black. No, I know that Johnny Walker Blue is a premium brand and very expensive, but I, I'm pretty sure Johnny Walker Black is a cut above Johnny Walker Red. I think Johnny Walker Red is kind of their entry-level, you know, whiskey. I think I'll just stick to Johnny Walker Black for my next trip to Shelley's, which will probably be tonight after I teach. Uh, and whistle get something pig. to eat off their Wh- great food menu whistle, well. whistle Pig, I've got a bottle of that I really, really like. I was given a bottle of that uh, as a gift a couple of years ago, and that um, is uh, excellent. But anyway, um, Shelly's has it all. I mean, you can spend a lot, you can spend a little bit, but you can definitely get a good meal for sure. Yes. Shelly's back room, my home away from home. So um, let's get to some predictions here for the upcoming season. You've prepared for this segment, which I'm really, really excited about. So 
Um, I think I gave this out the other day, but my uh, and I didn't ask you to do this. I didn't. I didn't ask you to do prop bets, season win totals, right? Just pick you know division winners, wild cards, et cetera, et cetera. Correct. But I picked. I picked uh, win totals for each team. Okay, but we'll we'll get to that in a moment. Um, I didn't. That well, that's interesting. I didn't even do that. But if I didn't give this out the other day. Titans over seven and a half, Giants over seven and a half, Commanders over six and a half, Vikings over eight and a half, Patriots over seven, and Broncos under eight and a half. Those are my six prop bets on season win totals that I have already made. Uh, I really like the Titans and the Giants over their seven and a half. I like Washington over six and a half, Minnesota over eight and a half wins, Patriots over seven wins, and the Broncos under eight and a half wins. Those were the six that I made. Let's get to our division winners and wild cards, seven playoff teams in each conference. We'll start in the AFC, Tommy. Uh, I don't need records. I'm glad you put them together, um, but I just need the division winners. I'll start so you get the format of what we're doing here. In the AFC, the division winners, I've got the Jets winning the AFC East. I've got the Bengals winning the AFC North. My surprise division winner, the Titans winning the AFC South. And I've got the Chiefs winning the AFC West. The wild cards in the AFC, the Chargers, the Bills, and the Cleveland Browns. Um, You'll note that the AFC is loaded top to bottom, so there are some key teams that I left out of the AFC playoffs. Not every good team is going to make it, and I didn't have the Ravens making it. But the Jets, Bengals, Titans, and Chiefs are your division winners. Your wild cards are the Chargers, Bills, and Browns. So, Tommy, give me your AFC East winner. You know, one of the reasons I like doing this so much, because this really gives us a chance to show everybody how smart we are. (laughs) You know, we get to use all our expertise and all the knowledge that we built up you know, which none of you have out there, okay? We have a special knowledge that gives us the opportunity to pick these winners. Well, this is your passion. Okay? And then we share this them is with your, you. Pa- this is your passion. So why wouldn't yes. we go to you for these picks? Yes. So who do so you... I love doing this because I get to show off, baby. So give me your AFC okay. East winner. I got the Jets. You got the Jets as well. Are you excited uh, as as a as someone who grew up as a big fan of the Jets, but you're really not anymore? Do you have any excitement over the Jets? Perhaps you know being as good as they've not, been in a long time. No, not particularly. Okay, I think they're going to be a hell of a story. Yeah, I what, think they're going to be the biggest story in the league all year. They're going to be one of them for sure. Monday Night Football, Jets and Bills. That's going to do a massive number. All right, what about the AFC North, which is maybe, along with the AFC East, could be one of the top two or three divisions in football? Yes, I have the Ravens winning the AFC North. Okay, you've got the Ravens in the AFC North. What about the AFC South? Like you, I've got the Titans. Wow. Okay. The AFC South. Jacksonville's a pretty yes. big favorite to win that division. 
AFC West? I've got the Chiefs. What am I, nuts? Okay. I've got the Chiefs. And then what about your wild card teams, your three wild card teams? My wild cards for the AFC are the Bills, the Bengals, and the Jaguars. Okay. Um, All right. Next up is who do we have in the AFC championship game and who wins the AFC championship game? So I'll let you go first on that one. What's your AFC title game matchup and who advances to Super Bowl 58? AFC championship game, Jets versus Chiefs. Very old school AFL. Guess what? These sharp, great minds think exactly alike. I've got the Chiefs (laughs) and the Jets in the AFC championship game. Who do you have advancing to Super Bowl 58? I've got the Jets. I've got the Chiefs. I've got the Chiefs going back to the Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers losing yet another championship game, uh, conference championship game. Who is your AFC MVP? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is your AFC MVP. Mine is Patrick Mahomes. I'm going chalk there. Um, Give me a bold prediction about the AFC this year. Just anything that you think is bold. Did I ask you to do this? No, you didn't. <laughs> well, you didn't this is this is an area of this is an area of expertise. You should be able to come up with something. This is what you do. Oh, you know, the, the the piece of pie that you ask for isn't good enough. <laughs> you always want an extra slice. I forgot what I asked you to come up with. I'm sorry. Um, I'll give you my bold prediction. Uh, It's a Jets-related prediction, but it is not a Jets-related prediction dealing with Aaron Rodgers. Look, that roster is great. It is a great roster. And defensively, they are going to be really, really, really good. They drafted Will McDonald IV, number 15 first round. He has, by all reports and accounts, had an absolute dominant training camp. Now, a lot of people think Will Anderson um, from Alabama, who was picked very early by the Houston Texans, will end up being the defensive rookie of the year. He's got a chance to be a great player. Will McDonald IV ends up winning defensive rookie of the year. That's my bold AFC prediction. Damn, Tom, the Jets, if Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, uh, their defense is so good. Their playmakers are excellent. Garrett Wilson will be a star. Brees Hall will be a star. The biggest question with them is offensive line. Uh, Makai Becton's back. You know, we'll see. That could be a big deal. But um, I'm all in on the Jets. And I I don't know that they'll start off that quickly. They open up with the Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, and Chiefs. Then they go to Denver, and then they face the Eagles, Giants, and Chargers. Uh, It could be, you know, a 500 first half of the season as they're figuring it out. But I see them getting 
to 11 wins and that being good enough to win the division and them playing their best football at the end of the year. By the way, you know who they play on Christmas Eve? Washington in the Meadowlands. Um, right. All right. So our AFC predictions are in the books or they're on the books, uh, and we will keep track of them uh, as we always do. We never forget about what we do on September 7th. Uh, we will have yeah. these, though, at yeah. our disposal when we need them. Tommy's got the Jets in the Super Bowl beating the Chiefs in the AFC title game. I've got the Chiefs in the, a- in the Super Bowl beating the Jets in the AFC title game. So let's go to the NFC. Division winners in the NFC, Tommy. I'll let you start. Who do you have in the NFC East? I've got the Eagles winning the NFC East. I also have the – oh, I'm sorry. You're going to go through the rest of your division winners before I get to mine. All right. What about the NFC North? I've got the Vikings winning the NFC North. Okay. What about the NFC South? I've got the Falcons winning the NFC South. Okay, uh, and what about the NFC West? The 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. Who are your three NFC wildcard teams? The uh, Cowboys, the Giants, and the Seahawks. Okay. Um, all right. So in the NFC, I have Philadelphia winning the NFC East, but I think it's going to be much tougher this year. I think the Giants are really going to push Philly. You're going to hear a lot of Giants discussion here from me because I am high on the New York football Giants this year. Uh, I think Minnesota wins the NFC North. Detroit is the pick to win the NFC North. I don't trust Detroit's defense. I don't trust Minnesota's defense either. They did get Brian Flores to come in as the coordinator. Um, I just think with Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison and Hawkinson and Osborne, and yes, you know who at quarterback, uh, they may not win 13 games this year, but I think they're going to win 10 uh, and have a chance to repeat as NFC North champs. Detroit should be good. Look, I think Chicago and Green Bay are intriguing as well. It would not surprise me if Chicago has a better-than-expected season. I'm a big Justin Fields fan, and they added DJ Moore you know, to that team. After, remember, getting Chase Claypool, and they've got Mooney there. Um, I think the Bears are an interesting team uh, this year. And Detroit, look, they, I think they apparently are well-coached, and they've got offensive weapons, and Amon Ross St. Brown, I think, is one of the top ten receivers in the game. But I don't trust them on defense. I don't trust Minnesota either, but I think Minnesota is more explosive offensively. I've got the Saints winning the NFC South. Uh, they were a team that I really loved last year, and they did not you know, get it done. I've got Seattle winning the NFC West. I'm a little bit, it's not so much about Seattle, although I think they've got a very good roster. And I don't see Geno Smith taking like this major step back. Um, But them adding, you know, Smith and the Jigba to the wide receiver core that already includes Metcalf and Lockett. Uh, Kenneth Walker III from Michigan State, their, their, their rookie running back last year, is a star uh, in the making. Zach Charbonnet, they drafted from UCLA as his backup. They've got weapons everywhere on offense. 
Uh, and defensively, th- that's where they went. You know, also in the first round, drafting Witherspoon from Illinois. Um, I like this team, but I think picking Seattle for me was more about. I'm not sure about Brock Purdy. I know that he played well at the end of last year, and you know Kyle believes in him. You know, Kyle, they traded Trey Lance to the Cowboys for a fourth-round pick. My God, I mean, what a disaster that was, the move up to draft Trey Lance. Um, I actually think Sam Darnold's going to end up starting at quarterback at some point uh, along the way for the 49ers. So I've got Seattle winning the NFC West. And then my wild cards are the Giants, the 49ers, and I think it'll be a big-time race for that seventh spot. I'm going to give it to Dallas, but I think Detroit will be in it. Dallas and Detroit, by the way, play in the next to last week of the season in Dallas on a Saturday night before a full Sunday of New Year's Eve football. I think that game could be for the seventh spot. And then, by the way, uh, Dallas finishes at Washington, and I think Washington's going to be in the hunt for that seventh spot. The NFC's... The only team in the NFC that would shock me that they're actually contending for a playoff spot is Arizona because it's just so wide open. Arizona's awful. I could see anybody winning the NFC South. Anybody. I'm picking New Orleans, but I could see Tommy's picking Atlanta. I think Tampa's really good on defense. I have no idea what Baker Mayfield's going to be like. Carolina with Bryce Young, they actually have a good roster. Um, the Rams are a little bit iffy. I guess I'd be surprised if they contended for a, a, a wild card spot, uh, just because it looks like they're kind of planning for the future as well. But anybody else um, would not be a, a shocker. Uh, all right, so we've got our NFC division winners and wild cards. Give me your NFC championship game, Tommy, and your NFC champion. The NFC title game. Well, I got more faith in 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 uh, Kyle Shanahan than you do. 49ers versus the Eagles. And who wins and goes back to the Super Bowl? Or goes to the 49ers. Super Bowl? 49ers. Oh, so you got you got the 49ers in the Super Bowl. You got a 49ers Jet Super Bowl. That would be a matchup yes. between Kyle and his defensive coordinator from San Francisco, Robert Sala. So, for me, I've got the NFC Championship game being a matchup of NFC East teams, the Eagles and the Giants. I'm high on the Giants this year. By the way, that also tells you that I don't think the Eagles are going to be the one seed. I think the NFC East is going to be a knockdown, dragout battle. I think Philly and the Giants will both end up with like 11 wins. But somebody, whether it's Minnesota, New Orleans, or Seattle, will end up with the you know that 12th win. I think it might be the Saints, actually. Um, and uh, I have uh, – so the Eagles would – play the Giants in the divisional round because I got the Giants as the best wild card team. But somehow I think the Eagles end up as the two seed, the Giants as the five, and the two of them face off in the NFC title game in Philly. And the Giants, remember, in that playoff game last year, got run out of the building. This year they lose. It's closer. But the Eagles go back to the Super Bowl and they play the Kansas City Chiefs in a rematch. You have the 49ers and the Jets. I have a rematch of Eagles 
and Chiefs. Uh, and I have the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? Who do you think? The New York Jets. Yes. All right. The Jets win the Super led Bowl. By, led by the league's MVP, again, Aaron Rodgers. Didn't you, um, last year, didn't you have a surprise? Didn't you pick the Titans to get to the Super Bowl? And they were like 7-3 and three at one point, and I was like, wow, you were on it. And then they didn't make the playoffs because they had a bunch of injuries. Was it last year that you picked the Titans to make the Super Bowl? Um, last year, he's asking me. I know. Exactly. Who's your NFC MVP? I didn't ask you that. Mine is Jalen Hurts. Uh, who's my NFC MVP? Well, maybe. I you... just picked a league MVP. Okay, give, give, give me your league MVP. Okay, it's Aaron Rodgers. Okay, that was your AFC MVP too. Um, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, my NFC MVP is Jalen Hurts, um, and I have Patrick Mahomes ultimately winning. Uh, another MVP. Um, that's a lot of chalk there. I understand that. Uh, and I don't always go chalk. I've, look, I've got two division winners that aren't favored to win the division. Um, and I've got the Giants as really a big-time storyline. And my bold prediction out of the NFC is that Daniel Jones, in his second year with Brian Dable, combines for 35-plus touchdowns passing and rushing. And Jones is legitimately in the conversation for NFL MVP uh, throughout this season. You know, I think it'll be, you know, a Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts. Uh, but I think Daniel Jones is a surprise in the conversation MVP candidate all year long. I'm very high on the Giants, and I'm really high on the Giants staff. I, I think I'm a big believer in Brian Dable and the connection and the relationship then and what they're building together. Um, don't forget, they are they added Darren Waller. Um, the, you know, they Saquon Barkley's back, and they were good on defense last year. They may be even better uh, this year. All right, so we've got our NFL predictions locked and loaded. You've got the Jets beating the 49ers in the Super Bowl, and I have the Eagles beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Up next, we get to Tommy's Washington season prediction and then his prediction on Sunday's game against Arizona. We'll do that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. 
He's working hard to, to be ready to go. So, you know, he came back um, uh, as healthy as I've seen him and probably since his rookie year. And uh, so uh, great to see that. And, you know, we're waiting on the blessing from the doctors to give him the green light. And when, when we get that, then he'll go. That was Jack Del Rio today. Today was coordinator day out at the park. Jack Del Rio and Eric Bieniemy spoke. He was talking about Chase Young. Uh, still needs, I guess, one more doctor's okay. Um, but you heard Del Rio say he came back as healthy as he's seen him since probably his rookie year. Um, a lot of the stuff that I talked about last week that Chase Young's um, – conditioning uh, prior to getting injured in that first preseason game against Cleveland. And his overall demeanor was a massive improvement from where it was, and, and everybody out there has been excited. I, I, I think Chase Young has a chance to have a big year. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he does. Tommy's predictions on Washington's season coming up. Uh, we'll also get a prediction from Tommy on Sunday's game. This segment of the show is brought to you by our good friends at Window Nation. Window Nation always gives you more, but now they're giving you even more more. The more windows you buy, the more you save, up to 50% off right now, plus pay nothing for two full years. It's another amazing deal on windows from Window Nation that deliver more for your home, more energy savings, more value, more features, more options, more beauty. If you've been thinking about new windows, give Window Nation the first shot. I've been working with them for 14 years. I promise you it will go well. Uh, call them at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com and mention my name. You'll get a free estimate, and they're not going to pressure you after they give you the estimate. They'll give you time if you want to shop it. I don't think you're going to work with a better company, with a better product, uh, or uh, really, for all intents and purposes, find a better deal right now. No money down, no payments, and no interest for two full years. Plus, you're paying 50% off on all style windows, bow, bay, double hung, any style. You'll save thousands on your new windows. You'll save thousands on energy bills. And your home's going to look better. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. All right, Tommy. Um, uh, so, by the way, something else Jack Del Rio said today. Uh, he was asked about the primary emphasis on his defense this year. And he said, quote, start fast and create turnovers. Uh, that's one and two, not necessarily in that order, closed quote. The defense hasn't started fast in previous years, including last year when the defense was excellent, uh, you know, on the season as a whole. And they've finished 24th and 26th the last two years in takeaways. They averaged 18.9 points per game last year. Most of it was due to a bad offensive football team. They were, they were not good on offense. They were not good at quarterback at all last year. But another part of that is that the defense, while it was great, it didn't force turnovers. It didn't score, although Kendall Fuller had, I think, two pick sixes, right? One against Houston and one against Dallas. But they've got to take the ball away this year. They've got to shorten up the field for Sam Howell in this offense. They've got to score. Special teams needs to do that as well. They haven't gotten enough from their special teams return units uh, in recent years. Um, I'm going to be interested to see 
if Jamison Crowder ends up being the punt returner on Sunday. Uh, that will be something to watch here with Dax Milne the rest of the week. I don't have today's injury update as we're recording this podcast. And I would guess that Antonio Gibson's the primary kickoff returner. I thought he was pretty good at that uh, last year. Um, but takeaways, big part of you know the NFL always. And I think one of the reasons this team over the last two years didn't ultimately get over the hump You know, a few more points per game because they had shorter fields, uh, you know, courtesy of turnovers from the defense probably would have been the difference. Uh, Certainly last year um, with one more win that would have got them into the postseason. So Del Rio, start fast, create turnovers, and that's one of the reasons they drafted Emmanuel Forbes. All right, Uh, we are at the moment where Tommy gives us his – Washington season prediction. Mine will come on tomorrow's show. And then a bold prediction about the season. 17 games, just reminding you in case you were going to give me, you know, something like seven and nine. It's 17 games now. What is your Washington Commanders season prediction? Well, I wouldn't be as, as uh, pessimistic as giving you a seven and nine record, Kevin. <laughs> Oh, you're really a, do that. Oh, yeah, you've never done that before. Okay, what do you got? Seven and ten. <laughs> How's that? Uh, all right. Give me your bold prediction. Seven and ten, bold prediction. The quarterback who finishes the season for the Washington Commanders isn't on the roster. You gave you gave us that one last year too, didn't you? Yeah. What was I your... gave that a couple years ago. Oh, a couple years. Last year was Carson Wentz gets benched by week 10. I think that was yes. it. And you were yes. you were certainly well on your way to probably having that happen. Of course, he ended up getting benched because he got injured. But I think you right. may have turned out to be right about that one. So do you know who that quarterback might be? Do you have a couple of quarterbacks in mind? Or is it just a quarterback, you know, uh, TBD? You know, I think Josh Johnson could be on the <laughs> mark special between Baltimore and Washington this year. Okay. Um, didn't we see Josh Johnson in the preseason? We saw him play for Baltimore, right? Yeah. For um, the Ravens. Yeah, for the Ravens. Very good. 7-10. Uh, and ten. Any thoughts about the 7-10 and ten season? Is it a 7 and, Do we get to Thanksgiving, Tommy, uh, with at least playoffs uh, possibilities? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. But uh, offensively, uh, they're just going to wear down over the course of the season. Do you have any uh, thoughts about Sam Howell? Quarterback position. Yeah, do you have any th- – I mean, uh, why is why is the quarterback at the end of the year that's playing not on the roster now? Because is... Sam Howell's going to get hurt He's because good. this offensive line okay. remains a problem. All right. And well, I think most teams that are, are going to play against uh, Washington – particularly ones with good defenses, are going to have one one goal in mind, and that's to destroy the quarterback. Now, every team has that goal, I guess, over the course of the season, in every game. But I think with, with Washington, it'll be the game plan. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I just wanted to get you on record as to why Sam Howell wasn't the starting quarterback at the end of the year. Um, You blame it on the offensive line. Fair enough. Uh, All right, ready for your prediction for Sunday since you won't be on the show tomorrow. Uh, 
What do you got for the opener? A game that we both think is is must win. Sunday is sunshine and lollipops, baby. A 27-10 win by the Commanders over the Cardinals. That means you should take that under if it remains 37-and-a-half. 27-10 would be a nice opening day. Um, That would be... 27-10, Sam Howe with two touchdown passes and two turnovers. Uh, that would that would be nice, you know. Since Ron Rivera, you know, he enters year four, um, he's had every single season opener at home. The first year was against Philadelphia at home during the pandemic year, and remember they had like they sacked Carson Wentz I think nine times and won that game oh, yeah. with Dwayne Haskins at quarterback twenty seven to seventeen. Then in twenty twenty one they were home against the Chargers. That was a you know that was a close game. Gibson had that big fumble. Although the Chargers, if I recall, like made something like 15 out of 17 third down conversions. Um, it was a disappointing start for the defense. Uh, and it turned out to be a disappointing year for the defense. And then last year, also at home against Jacksonville, and they were in deep trouble in this game going into the fourth quarter or early in the fourth quarter. They were down eight. It was like 22 to 14. And then... Uh, you know, they struck gold. Carson Wentz went deep to, to, to McLaurin and had that touchdown pass, and they ended up winning the game um, 28-22, I think it was. So, you know, pretty interesting that all four of Ron Rivera's openers have been at home. Um, and uh, this is the one, though, that they are a big-time favorite and they're expected to win. Tommy's got... Seven and ten, which would mean no no playoffs, and he's got twenty seven to ten over the Cardinals in the opener as a win. All right, you said you had something else before we go for the day, um, and it has to do with the Nats. I think you said. Well, there's some strange things going on with the Washington Nationals. Tell me. First of all, their international scouting director, who's been with the team for years, right, resigned about five days ago. I saw that. Okay. With no explanation. Uh, it was reported, I, I forget who reported it, I apologize if I'm not giving them credit, that uh, five, uh, five scouts have been told on the staff that they're not coming back. They won't be welcomed back. So they're firing five other scouts. Are these Mike Rizzo uh, calls or Lerner calls? Well, that, that's interesting. They should, uh, I mean, you know, the, the firing of the scouts, that, that would seem to be a Rizzo call. So there's some weird stuff going on because Mike Rizzo doesn't have a contract yet. Mike Rizzo is three weeks away from basically not being the general manager of the Washington Nationals anymore. Yeah, but okay. the reports were that he was going to sign an extension to stay here. Davey already did. And that Rizzo was going to as well. That was right before. Yeah, but Davies was two months ago. No, almost. it's not. No, no, no. It's not two months ago. No, the the it's rep- before I left for Spain. Uh, n- I don't think it was. I think it was when you were away. Yes, it was. Are you sure? The, di- the distance between Davies' uh, extension and what's going on right now. August twenty second, twenty twenty three. Nationals manager Dave Martinez agrees to contract extension. Maybe you knew it before you left, 
and you didn't say it, but the reporting on Martinez's contract extension was on August 22nd. And in that same report, uh, Mike Rizzo, according to The Athletic, was close to an extension as well. Well, that hasn't happened yet. And uh, the most bizarre part is The Athletic is reporting you know, they were supposed to have a press conference Saturday to announce Steven Strasburg's retirement. Right. And, uh, you know, they were going to uh, retire his number. And it was supposed to be a big deal. The retirement press conference has been canceled, according to multiple sources. The plan was to honor him and retire his number, but the Nationals have changed course. Why? That's what the Athletic is reporting. I don't know why. Uh, is it just that they're going to change the date of it, or are they reconsidering retiring his jersey and having him announce officially his retirement? I don't get it. I think if you if you read this, the plan was to honor him and retire his number. Right. But the Nationals have changed course. Why? That would, Do you think why? I don't know, Kevin. Is it because he's having second thoughts about retiring? I don't know, Kevin. I'm just <laughs> reporting what the athletic has reported. Ah, I'll tell you what. Um, it wouldn't have been the best day to do something like that. You, you, you can't. Oh no, I agree with you. you I can't... mean, the, the, the day before the Commanders opener, it would have been buried. And, and you know, it's it just football weekends now. When you've got a bad baseball team in a town that really is more of a bandwagon baseball town. You want that park to be packed for Strasburg to be honored. I mean, that to me is almost, you know... Um, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, they stopped their losing streak last night. You know, when you were away, they were playing some really good baseball until right I when you got were. back, and then you they started to, to play poorly, yeah, and they got I swept know. by the I Marlins. my fault. <laughs> they, yeah. were, they were really... At one point, Tommy, they were seven games out of the wild card hunt. Um, I know. So I know those scrappy Washington Nationals. That's what you want your team to be known for, the scrappy Washington Nationals. Well, you know, I, I, that's not what I want them to be known for, but I do give Davey Martinez a lot of credit for this team playing oh, so scrappy during the course of the year. Yes, I mean, because this team, the expectations for this team were a lot worse. Right. And we got Legitimately this. Legitimately. We got this. Expectations. Oh, yeah. I mean,. 58 and a half was their over under on wins. They're already at 63. Yeah. You know, and they still have 22 games left. By the way, you know, overall, uh, we have some really exciting September and then October baseball. But coming down, I mean, the whole uh, uh, American League West thing with Houston, Seattle, and Texas, you know, I think Texas uh, lost again last night. So they are falling a little bit further back. But. Um, that's exciting. Uh, the NL Central with Milwaukee and Chicago is exciting. All these wild card races are exciting. Um, the Orioles will have that series against Tampa coming up. Is it next weekend um, when they play Tampa? Um, yeah, it's next weekend. They have four against Tampa next weekend in Baltimore. Uh, and that will really be Tampa's shot to get back into this thing in the American League East. 
Um, but some really good baseball. Uh, by the way, I wanted to remind everybody that we're now down to two days in counting for the Circa Million and Circa Survivor Contests presented by the Circa Sportsbook and Casino out in Vegas. Uh, I entered both of these things. My first entries will come uh, tomorrow, and I will talk about what the entries are. But $6 million in guaranteed prizes with the Circa Million, $8 million with the Circa Survivor Pool. Survivor Pool, you pick one team straight up every week, no spread. If that team loses, you're out. If that team wins, you advance. And if you get to the end of the year and you're still standing and you picked a winner, uh, for 17 or 18 consecutive weeks, or however long, uh, however, however long it takes to eliminate the rest of the field, eight million dollars could be yours. The circa million is all about point spread bets, five of them a week. The person at the end of the year with the best record takes home a million bucks. The top 100 pays, but. That also pays out $6 million in guaranteed prizes, $14 million in guaranteed prizes, no rake, uh, and the entry deadline is Saturday at 2 p.m. you got to register in person at the Circus Sportsbook uh, in Nevada. Weekly picks can be made from anywhere. Um, that Nats situation is weird. I, I, it's all very Why weird. don't you make a call to one of the people that you know to find out what the hell's going on? I want Mike Rizzo because. to be my general manager, you know, moving forward. So if he, if this Strasburg thing, if the fact that his contract extension has been, hasn't been done, if these scouts are being laid off uh, in a cost-cutting thing and, and he doesn't like it and he's leaving, I'm going to be pissed because he's the best general yes. manager of any team in town by far. I mean, this could be any number of things, but I also heard from somebody who's usually pretty plugged in that Mark Lerner wants to hang on to the team now. You know what? I'd rather Mark Lerner hang on to the team than Ted get his hands on that team and own three of the four sports teams in town. That's not unreasonable. Thank you. Good luck with your class tonight. Uh, Feel better. We'll talk on Tuesday. Are you going to the game Sunday? I forgot to ask you that. Yes, I, yes, I am. I'll be there in the press box, baby. Okay. What time? We'll, we'll, we need to uh, we need to coordinate because I would like you to. Uh, well, you're working. I'm not going to be working. I'm going to be there with friends. But I was going to say, why don't we uh, perhaps at you know twelve fifteen, twelve thirty ish, grab a beer somewhere together at the stadium. I could do that. Okay, very Those good. beer lines are going to be awfully long, though. That's going to be a big crowd. Well, then maybe you'll want to meet me in the parking lot, and we won't have to wait in any line. And I'll pour you Look, something. I'll, 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 I'll pour you stadium, a, I'll pour you a Johnny, Wa- Johnny Walker black on uh, – you want Johnny Walker black or blue? I'm not going to bring the blue. That's too expensive. I'll have, yeah, don't bring that. I'll have a bottle of Johnny Walker black – and uh, we'll do it on the rocks for you. Is that how you like it, or do you like it neat? Look, it, I, I will. No, I like it neat. Okay, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll probably get to the stadium around ten in the morning. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why would you get because, there at ten in the morning? The game kicks off at one. I know that. I don't want to sit in traffic. Oh God! Well, you know what. There will be traffic on Sunday for the first time. We'll see how the traffic gets handled. Uh, All right, I'm back tomorrow. Smell test tomorrow. No smell test picks on the pick tonight, on the game tonight, or the college game tonight. 
Um, I like I like a lot of games uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, that scares me. Uh, I'll have my season prediction. I'll have my Sunday pick. Uh, and Jay Gruden will be on the podcast with me tomorrow. Have a great day. Take care, boss. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.